What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, there's a saying that live events change lives. And I feel like after you and I leaving San Antonio, Texas, being with Mark Podolsky and all of our friends within the Land Geek community, I, ch- I, I leave changed. And there's many moments I could call back to, but one in particular stands out to me. And I want to share this question with you as you're riding down the road, you're on a treadmill, you're walking the dog, washing the dishes, whatever it may be. I want to ask you this question, and I would like you to press pause right after I ask it and really give it some deep thought, because it is, to me, one of the greatest questions that anybody has ever asked you or I that I know of, Joey. What was it? What is one dream that you're not willing to give up on? What is one dream that you're not willing to give up on? And to be honest, it took me, it took me aback. Like, whoa, I was not ready for this. Like, this is, I mean, not only does it does it challenge you to think, what is that one dream? It also challenges you to think, what dreams have I given up on and just been okay with? Right? right. I mean, that that was a double challenge to me. What about you? Pause. I really want you to pause right now. Pause the podcast this very second and answer that question. What is one dream that is so big that you've not accomplished, but you're not willing to give up on? Press pause right now. Now that you've come up with that answer, what are you going to do with it? What is going to be the next step? Do you even know how? to take action on it? Do you even know what the right next thing is for you to accomplish it? If you don't know, I want you to go to wealthwildwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Our coaches have gone through this process with hundreds, hundreds of our members helping them figure out what the right next thing is. And with you now knowing what that big dream is for you, what that thing is that you're that you haven't accomplished yet, and the keyword is yet, and you're not going to w- be willing to give up on it. You share that with our coaches; they will be able to help you break down through a, a very simple process of how to take action on that. Joey, let's don't steal any more thunder from today's podcast. As you and I talk about the dreams that we weren't willing to give up on, which was our passive income, which led us to being financially free, which led us to the moment we are today as talking about it to the whole world. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. 
These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. July 2022, 20, uh, Joey, we're, we're looking at um, our passive income report and I'm, I'm looking down, I'm liking the, I'm liking that it has growth, man. The, the highest, oh. the highest number of the year. Man, you, you, you're telling me, I, I love it. I will tell you this. One thing that I look at with this report is the growth. The second thing I look at is how badly you and I need a staff accountant. Oh, can I, hey. can I, can we put out the, the APB on a, an amazing staff accountant who loves passive income and wants to be a part of this amazing team right now? Yeah. Yeah, if you know someone who is an accountant that has at least three years experience, they they like QuickBooks the way you like Instagram. <laughs> I mean, they they love sitting in a cubicle, you know, the way that you love getting out of a cubicle. Like, just just point them our direction, please. Which I know that they're not listening to the podcast because. It, they're they're locked down uh, on the things that they're doing right now. But if they want to work from home and they want to work in an amazing company that has more businesses uh, to keep them busy than they know what to do with, but also can get access to all the cool things that you've been getting access to, could you point them our way, send them to info at wealth.wallstreet, say staff accounting in the subject matter and have them send us their resume. Cause we right now desperately need to hire someone because one, you're looking at our, our little report and I can't tell you how long it took the stallion to put things together, man, bless that dude's heart. He's just not an Excel guru and he no. needs, he needs someone else to help him. And we definitely need someone else that has has the skills to help us and our other accountants pull all these things together and more. That's right. But that's not why we're logged in here. That's not why you're listening. You're, you're here to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, the behind the scenes of each one of these crazy businesses that we've built over the last several years. Um, let's start off with the land business, Russ. Okay. We're, we're talking about the landgeek.com. If you haven't checked them out, this is where we're taking raw land and we are buying it at a, like wholesale prices, super low, 25 cents on the dollar, turning it around and selling them on terms on a retail market at 300 to 1,000% returns. This is legit. This is happening every month, as you can see. And we have a team running it. That's why it's passive for us. But you can be on the same path if you go check out thelandgeek.com. In fact, you and I just sent, spent all weekend with Mark Podolsky and his team at the boot camp in San Antonio. You want to share what we're doing? <laughs> well, here's one of the things somebody said. Hey Russ, tell me about your land flipping business. We're at a land, we're at a land flipping boot camp. Hey Russ, tell me about your land flipping business. How is it that you guys have been able to build over twenty thousand dollars a month in income in the business in less than two years? And I was like, let me tell you the cool part about this. We partnered with some guys who really knew what they were doing. We gave them the money. We gave them the pat on the back and they took off and they ran with it. And they're like, wait a second, what does that mean? <laughs> like, how, how did you do that? They're like, you know, starting to think about the fact that they know they need to, many of them are trying to build their land flipping business. They need to delegate. They need to bring on some virtual assistants to help them. Not, so they're not doing the whole thing themselves. And they're like, how did you guys do that from the beginning? And so we said, Hey, um, we partner with Mark Podolsky and Scott and Tate, and and they run the business for us. They're like, 
you, you are the guys who got the, got them to do the done for you model. I've heard about the done for you model. And then somebody else is like, yeah, I also heard the done for you model. You can't get in until 2027. I was like, well, that's sort of right. But also half, half right. There's also another avenue. What does that mean? Half right, Joey? Well, half right, because the members of our passive income mastermind get pushed to the front of the line. It's the fast pass to getting your done for you land business. So there's benefits that come with being a member of our mastermind. If you if you want to learn more about that, go to uh, wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash club 200. And you can learn about that. Well, Joey, I, I feel like um, we, we, we're kind of coming to the end of the summer. Uh, we see our short-term rental business had another great month. Uh, we, we went over $27,000 just in yours and I uh, and, and the business that we had. And then with the other units there, I mean, we were, we were almost to 35000 for the month. I'm, I'm liking the look of that, bud. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's the top of the year in our short-term rental business. And, uh, and I, what are some things that kind of lent themselves to that success in July that you want to point out? Well, the world games thinking we'll take it. Right. I mean, yes. can we not just have the world games or some major world event where tens of thousands of people come to our city once a month? I, if we could do that, we'll crush it. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, unfortunately, I did read a headline today that the World Games did not come through as expected. And a lot of vendors have not been paid um, because their budget fell very, very short in the millions of dollars. Um, so I don't know that it's likely that we're going to have another World Games <laughs> anytime soon. So you're saying that the Birmingham was expecting to have a lot more people than they did? Yeah, yeah. I think there was about 14,000 people that came from around the world, which was a big deal. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't big enough uh, to, to you know, really meet expectations, if you will. Well, no, I mean, I, what I would say, though, is what we saw in our short term rental business is that our average daily rate, our ADRs, the people in the biz like to call it, it, that went up pretty significantly. Our occupancy was a little off. And and maybe that was, we were expecting there to be a lot, a, a bigger push. And maybe and my guess is too, is that a lot of the other events that typically happen in the summer, a lot of the other tournaments probably didn't happen. We get a lot of sporting event people here, uh, softball tournaments, baseball tournaments, soccer tournaments. My guess is, Joey, a lot of those didn't end up booking in July because they were like, hey, we, we're not going to come and compete with the World Games. So our occupancy rate was down, but yet we were able to charge more for it because, yes, there was a ton more people just for that specific event. And, you know, what I what I love about the short term rental business is I love it uh, when it's hot because the money's hot and we get a lot of it from that. If you guys have been looking into the short term rental business, um, we, we've built out a course that that teaches you exactly what we follow. Uh, you go to wealthwaltwallstreet.com forward slash STR course. And in there, we detail exactly how to get your first unit running all the way up to having more than 25 units, just uh, as we have going on in our business too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You can learn everything right there. Um, let's talk a little bit, by the way, I don't know that you did this, but in our land flipping business, the, in the month of July, 
we ended up at 20, excuse me, the net income on that was $15,247. that's a that's a big deal. Now, the last two months, just to give you some some background, have been somewhat flat. And talking to the team is we've had some defaults and we've had some sales. And so those two things have really kind of evened themselves out. Although our enterprise value, which is the in, uh, the total amount that we will gain from these properties over the lifetime of, of receiving the note payments, has increased. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I know it has increased over the last two months. So just to let you know, uh, that's kind of the, the the latest. And we have some new properties that just came on board. We have $100,000 in properties that have just hit the market and uh, waiting to see those things come back towards us. So uh, can, can I, I, I'm going to do everybody in the audience a favor and tell you quit using jargon on our podcast that you just said about 17 words that. Uh, that the average person doesn't even understand what you're talking about. Okay. What? Well, t- tell me what. Tell me. You what. said you said enterprise value. You said notes. Well, I said no, you what said the default value was. Hey, what, what? I'm just I'm just saying like let's let's just break it down for everybody here, man. Don't, I, okay. Don't try, so don't don't try to leave people out. Why are you leave people out, man? What's the default? It's when somebody quit paying on the note for the piece of land. So what happened? Well, you we just said note. What's a note? What's a note? A note is how they how much they agreed to pay us, right? They agreed to pay us every month for a set number of months. Well, they can stop making those payments and they default on the note. That note comes back to us. The property is now ours. What's the default again? I already said they quit paying the note for crying out loud. What is the note again? Uh, okay. We're moving on. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Well, no, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to help everybody out here. Like we have, we have agreements with people, and sometimes they quit paying them, and we have to resell the land, right? Exactly. It's what I just said. Agreement does not make it that much easier than a note. Okay. Moving on. It does. Um, so we we got into the Ethereum miners last month, and the month before. We had a loss. Hey, like we went fr- negative. Friends don't let friends sell bitcoins. What I like to say. Okay, that has nothing to do with Ethereum miners. What? It, tell me more. Well, I mean, it it does and it doesn't, right? So Ethereum and Bitcoin are similar items, are they not? They are. They're both cryptocurrencies. What is the difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin, in your opinion? I well, I'll say this: it's not my idea. It's the people that are way smarter than you and I. The people we've talked to about cryptocurrency have said Ethereum has the technology of blockchain behind their their project that Bitcoin doesn't. And so they see the utility of Ethereum being much more valuable than Bitcoin. And do you remember the analogy that someone gave us about blockchain? You, you, there's about 15 of those. So you, you, you want me to pick one out of a haystack. So I'm, I'm going to let you answer that one. <laughs> well, remember they were going through and saying it is like a perfect set of books, like for an accountant, right? Someone who's auditing books, they want to be able to see perfectly into the business what's happening. And to be honest, most businesses are poorly run. And secondly, most investments 
are not transparent. You can't see them. You don't know what's happening. We talk about all the time, the reason why Wall Street is such a poor place to invest, because you don't know what's going on. And if you did get to look at it, you wouldn't be able to know if the books are accurate. Because how many times have we seen this, Joey, in the past where people actually did not have the books in the right position? I.e., we live in the um, in the city of Birmingham, Alabama. There was a major corporation that was cooking the books. Who was that? Yeah, Health South. Right. And we've seen it with Enron, WorldCom. I mean, there's been tons and tons of businesses that were cooking the books that they, they were not accurate. Now, the benefit of a tool like the blockchain is that those books cannot be cooked. They cannot be tampered with. They were perfectly transparent for everyone to see. That is something that's going to be a use item for every business in the financial space. So when that's people right. ask me, man, like today, I'm sitting working out. I got my I got my Unchained Capital shirt on. And at the back of it says, friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. Guy says to me, Bitcoin? More like friends shouldn't let friends buy Bitcoin. And I was like, those are fight words, bro. Uh-huh. You know, like I, you, you see, I got a small shirt on. I'm a bigger than a small. <laughs> you know, like, I'm about to bust out of this thing on you. <laughs> and, and but the, here, here's the reality: is why is it that people have that feeling toward uh, Bit, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general? Do you think? I think they think it's just a scam. They don't understand it, right? Yeah, they don't understand it, and they don't see the utility of it. They don't see how it helps them. They just see it as like this. You know, people put money in and they're running it up and they're going to all lose their money. And have they followed or heard about other tokens, other coins that have had that effect? Right. I mean, we were talking to some guys the other day at the pool sitting on top of this is amazing, by the way. You can be in a pool on like the sixth floor of a building in a downtown having conversations about stuff like this. And we were talking to a couple of guys and they had mentioned a couple things. We won't mention the names of these companies that they had invested in and they all went to zero. Right. That's right. And, and people have had those experiences or heard about those experiences, Right. There's uh, some supposedly stable coins out there that went to zero. And so they assume that Bitcoin, Ethereum are just in the same range. Right. That's right. But they just put them all in the same category. But the reality is, is that what we're talking about and what we're looking at is the back end model. We're looking not from the speculation of the currency itself, but in the infrastructure, the tool. We can see that this thing is going to be used in lots of different spaces within the financial model. It is like the Internet. It's not going away. It's only going to grow bigger as time goes on. Well, it's it's not only going to be on the financial side of things. Um, Think about real estate. There's going to be tokenized real estate transactions where you'll be able to buy a portion of a piece of real estate. This is going to be big for the investment world in general, being able to take something that was otherwise unattainable by one individual and having them a part of a project, which I think is really exciting. That's what I, that's what I think of with blockchain. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you got to go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and and how we want something better for them. 
And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Yeah, well, I, I feel like the, so when we talk about having computers that are performing a transaction and getting paid in the form of one of the the top is the second largest cryptocurrency called Ethereum. We're getting paid in that and we show it in USD, even though you and I are not turning it into USD, we're still holding it in that currency. And it is up like last month and the month of July, we were able to profit Joey almost $2,000, right? That's now right. in the month of June, uh, what it cost us, it, it was greater than what its production was. Right. But yet, because the price of Ethereum has gone up and we didn't sell it, did we lose money in the month of June? No, we did not. No, we didn't. And and we're not selling it because we're holding it as an alternative to the U.S. dollar. So my comeback to old boy in the gym this morning, and I hope you're listening, Rusty. You know I like you. This is all in fun and games. <laughs> but you give me a great example to share on the show is I said, I like buying appreciating assets. You must be somebody who likes depreciating assets. Because what has the U.S. dollar done for the last 60 years? Oh, dropped like a rock. It has depreciated. 90-something percent of it has wasted away. Right? And when we look at these currencies, these currencies, especially Bitcoin in general, has almost a 0% inflation rate. It's just a hair over 0% right now. So for us, I see that as an appreciating asset. I see it for a, 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 a tool that's going to be used by the whole world, not just the U.S., by the way. It's going to be used in the, by the whole world, and there's going to be an assigned value to it. You and I don't know what that end value will be, but right. I know there's an assigned value to it, and I want to be holding the thing that can, can assign that value. Yeah, no doubt. So let, let's keep rocking here. Um, you've heard us talk about our syndication that we bought into for ATM machines. And currently that has just continued to be solid. It's two, $2,184 every single month, continues to come in. And um, yeah, and there's not a whole lot to report other than the fact that people are still using ATM functions even though you and I, we walked by one in the airport the other day and I was like, man, is that one of ours? I don't know. I hope it is. Hope they're making money. Hey, what's the benefit of a syndication? Um, you're getting access to deals that you may otherwise not have been a part of, not to mention you're getting the management behind it. You're getting, um, you're being able to buy into a smaller portion of a total project. It's, it's very similar to what I mentioned about the blockchain except it's, um, you know, that's how I see it, why the syndications are so valuable. Well, what is a syndication? I, I, maybe I, I jumped ahead because I don't want to leave anybody behind here. What would you define a syndication as? A syndication is where a, a lead person, like the general partner who understands the asset class, who understands um, investing in this certain 
type of asset brings along other investors to be a part of the project with them. So they found the deal, they're putting together the deal from the standpoint of getting debt on it, whether it's a, a, a mortgage of some sort or a bank loan. And they're also coupling that with investors capital to buy into a big project. And at the end of that, those partners are all sharing in the profits either monthly and or at the outset when the asset is sold. In this case with ATMs, we're not gonna actually sell the assets down the road or we will, but it won't be for very much because it's a depreciating asset. So so this is one of those things where I, I love the ability when someone goes and figures out what their investor DNA is and they say, hey, I really like working in my lane but investing in others, syndications give you that ability. Syndication is just the formation of a group of people who are basically putting together an asset or asset classes that one of us you know, can invest in and participate in either profit or profit and growth, whatever it may look like. So there's all different models. And the one that you're talking about right now is these people said, hey, our syndication is going to go by ATM machines, they're going to place those ATM machines in spots across the, the nation in high high value, high trafficked areas. And we're going to profit from the fees that those machines collect. That's right. Pay the expenses to manage the fees, pay the expenses to the, um, the real estate uh, to be able to uh, take up space there. And then the rest comes to us and then we divvy it out, right? So usually what you have is you have general partners in these syndications, you have limited partners. General partners are the people who put the syndications to together. Limited partners are investors like Joey and I. And this may be old hat for many of you, but this is also something that many people didn't even realize that they could invest in assets like this, like ATMs, apartment complexes, mobile home parks, storage facilities, in a way that, yeah, that they could invest and be a part or a partner in a major environment, but not have to do all the things, not have to know how all those things work. But what should they know, Joey? If you're going to invest in one of the things, what would be the biggest key to investing in it for somebody? In my opinion, it's the operator themselves. Who's putting together the deal, their knowledge, their track record, and their ability to come through on what they say they're going to do. That, that to me is, I mean, the numbers that they will share at the beginning will not be the numbers that they will share at the end because there's way too many variables and they know that. So they're just trying to do the best they can in terms of a performer. Can, can I, uh, I kind of set you up there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have done this. Well, I, I'm used to it. Keep, keep going. The next item on our list is your RV, which somebody was asking me about this when we were out in San Antonio. Tell me about what's going on with cousin Eddie. Yeah. And, and, and so you, you have an operator That's with right. cousin Eddie, right? That's right. Th- did you research that operator like thoroughly before you invested? I did ask around. Um, I asked two people that were not connected to them in the way of like getting paid by them in any way. One was somebody at an RV store and two was a friend of mine in the auto world who had worked with them in the past. Had any of them had an RV with them that was being rented out? No, there was only two people that had been 
in their, um, what would you call it? The, the same type of relationship I was going to have with them and that they were related to them. So again, this is just, uh, this is just learning lessons, right? I'm just putting you on the spot. I mean, if you were going to invest in a multifamily project and there had only been two people who had invested with that operator uh, before, um, would you invest with that operator? Yes or no? No, I would not. If that person was running a car wash and only two people had invested with that person and the, the operator had not been really doing it for long periods of time before that, would you invest with them? No, I would not. Okay. I, I'm just saying. This as is we, different though. This is that, different. You tell me somebody that's been operating in the RV rental space for longer than the last couple of years in this kind of relationship. And I'd say, hey, prove it to me. It doesn't exist. So what you're saying is that you were speculating as to the potential of that situation. I, what I was doing was I was blazing a trail, my friend, <laughs> in a new and exciting opportunity. <laughs> and I was willing to do it because at the very at least of it is I can afford the payment no matter what. And I wanted to own the asset regardless. All and right, by so the way, here, here's a quick update. If you're not watching this on, on our live YouTube, you can tell that last month was actually one of our biggest months in net profit on the on Cousin Eddie, the RV. If you'll check it out, in the month of July, I earned $1,570 above the expenses. Uh, now, the bad news is I had to turn it in last week or two weeks ago because the transmission was slipping. Mm. Now, good news is it's under warranty and the work is being done, but had to take him out of the mix for most of August and uh, hoping to get him back in the saddle here in the last week or so of August. All right, so people are asking, Joey, if you could do this again, it's been a, a year, right? Because a year ago is when you bought it and drove it all the way across country. If you could do it again, would you? I'm, it's still early enough to where I would say yes, because I like the idea of continue to have an asset and that it's paying for itself. But I will say it's not the best use as an investment. What, um, what, what so, is the difference? So just for clarification, what is an asset and what is an investment? An asset is um, something that puts money into your pocket, right? Okay, so we, you said it's an asset. So is it putting money in your pocket? Yes, currently, yes. If you added up all 12 months, have you put more money in your pocket than you sent out? I haven't added it up, but I think so. Okay. It's close. It's not much, but it is more than what I've paid. And what's an investment? An investment? Well, I mean, investment would be the same. So, you know, you're investing and you have a return on those dollars. And if you sold the asset today, like if you went uh, and put it on, where do you sell these on? Uh, like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or wherever? Where do you, you sell these? Sell it any of those places or any of the RV stores or buy them back from you and stuff like if that. If you sold it today, would you get more than what you paid for it? No. Would you get, um, with all the cash that you've made, would that be greater than what 
what you what the gap between what you paid for it and what it's worth today? Um, I, I haven't priced it out, so I don't know exactly. I think it would probably go for similar to what I paid for it. Um, maybe a little bit less. So the this, market has continued to rise in, in the RV world. So, so this is what, what we learned when we were doing um, the Turo class, right? When we had Matty J, the, uh, the car rental guy, the car rental guru, the guy who's going to be with us when we're out in Scottsdale, um, sharing, you know, how you can get into that, that space. One of the things that he said is that you got to be cautious when buying vehicles and vehicles could be RVs. It could be trucks. It could be Lambos, right? If you're going to rent them, it's not only the cash flow that you will make off them. It's also what the difference will be when you sell it, right? I think that that's the unique part here is that when we buy houses, we buy things that are going to appreciate, right? It's just, it just do because it's a hard asset and the dollar is depreciating and the asset is staying, um, it's depreciating at a smaller amount. But yet right. a vehicle, as you said, already in a year, it's already in the shop to get transmission because those parts are being used and it's going down at a faster rate than the dollar is. So my 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 word to the wise out there as you're looking at this, and I'm looking at buying a, a vehicle to put it in Turo, not too indifferent than this, and maybe you'll be busting me up for the decisions I made with that, is I'm looking at what what is that depreciation cost, and I'm calculating that into the investment itself. Because if you're not calculating for that, it will be hard for you to know if it's profitable. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Joey, and say if you added up all the cash flow, you're barely above even, right? And then now you get to take the year or that uh, month trip you went on, that gets to go to your balance because you would have otherwise paid for that. My guess is, though, if you sold it, the difference between what it's worth today with how many thousands of miles less on it? Um, I think we're or at more like 20, 21,000 or something like that. So you got 21,000 more on it. My guess is, is that it's dropped in value enough that's greater than that number. And it so could be. it could be. It, it, <clears throat> and with that, I mean, unless you keep it for 20 years, right, then it won't matter. Like if you keep it the full length of the loan, it doesn't matter. But if you sell it with a loan on it, then now you're going to have to have that gap between it. I think that's just one of those lessons I would like everybody to think about as they go into the space that I didn't even know to bring up to you from the beginning. Well, thank you for sharing that wisdom with me. Russ. I'm not sharing it with you. I'm sharing it with from everybody else. This is OPM, bro. Like OPM. if if you, if you can't learn from other people's money, like what they spent and did wrong or right, then I can't help you. That's right. Well, and I know we've, we've got to land the plane here, Russ. So I'm going to quickly run through the last few things. Uh, the community earned $4,261.96. Thank you. Uh, those of you who are buying the courses and, and uh, entering into the groups that we have created to add value to you as investors. Like one of our goals at Wealth of That Wall Street is to help anybody who wants to be financially free without Wall Street, without a 401k, without paying off your house or having this whole debt freedom idea, get there by creating a personal monetary system, by creating passive income, 
And third, by being the best investor that you can be. And when you enter our community and you're a part of what we're doing, you're, you're buying courses and things of that nature, you are investing in yourself as an investor. And so we're grateful for that. Uh, we didn't have any activity in the private note fund this month. That's paid out quarterly. Um, our stack candles, we had a great meeting with our operator and found some possible opportunities to increase that business. But those results are not for this month. That's for a month to become. Um, and then lastly, you know, our YouTube, our 100 unicorns is still holding strong. Um, and by strong, I mean it went negative only $19.40 last month as opposed to $29 the month before. So, I mean, it's an increase. You look, at, <laughs> you look at it. And uh, and YouTube, if you're watching YouTube, you're helping us because we earned a little over $46 last month on YouTube and climbing. Am I right, yeah. Russ? It, YouTube is pacing those unicorns like nobody's business. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Let's put those unicorns out of, uh, just out of their misery once and for all can we all just like just hey 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 watch it they're listening they're listening <laughs> uh, but hey so this is a great month uh we ended up just over fifty-eight thousand dollars net and um man we're just grateful that you come along this trip with us that you continue to reach out to us um you talk to our coaches if you, if you haven't already sat down with them to do your own free call and to find out your path to financial freedom, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Uh, we welcome that. We want you to spend the time with the coach getting your plan together because this is our report. And it's only because we focused in over the last two years to create this. Imagine what you can do with just some focus and the proper steps laid out for you. So join us there. Russ, you, any parting thoughts? Yeah, if you want in, uh, to take massive action and get insane value right now, go to thepassiveincomeretreat.com. That is where you can actually spend time with people like um, Maddie J, like um, Ken McElroy, like Pace Morby, like Sharon Shravatsa, Mark Podolsky, and the rest of our Passive Income Mastermind members this is where people are able to not only learn how things are being done, but actually be around the people who are doing it. So if you want to know what's working right now, because right now is important and it's even more so important. Joe, I just read an article. My wife sent it me. Uh, everybody's probably watched or read the book, The Big Short. Michael Burry, right? The Sky on Capital guy just sold almost every stock that his company owns. So he had like $165 million dollars in their portfolio, he sold everything down to only 3.3 million. That tells you where he believes the market is about to go. Now, you and I have no clue, but what we know is that if you and I keep buying assets, and I'm not gonna declare your Eddie an asset, by the way, but if we keep buying assets that produce cash flow, then we don't have to worry what happens in the stock market. And that's right. there will be chances that some of those will go down. But if we have enough of them, then we will be able to offset the ones that go down with the ones that go up. And we keep looking for ways to buy businesses or assets that are in classes that will prosper even in a down economy. If you want to know what that looks like, you want to know what those are, you need to go to the PassiveIncomeRetreat.com, apply to join us the last few days in the month of September of 2022 
because you won't want to miss being there. All right, Joey, I know we need to go. Thank you as always for watching. Thank you for always for listening. If you haven't already, take time to subscribe, rate, review the show. This is how other people can find it and beat the big tech algorithm. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.